Actor and filmmaker Ann Johnston Brown has spent the past 35 years navigating the ups and downs of Hollywood. With a master's degree in theater arts, Ann was a professor at the prestigious American Academy of Dramatic Arts in Los Angeles and is the author of several books published by Smith & Krauss, the world's largest of its kind. Her films on the subject of homelessness have won countless awards, and her voice can be heard throughout the world in a variety of television and radio commercials, as well as the audiobooks of many New York Times and USA Today best-selling authors. And now, she brings to you the best of what she's learned. Welcome to The Actor's Guide. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to The Actor's Guide. Well, today, I have a multi-talented uh, actress on the line. Well, she's not just an actress. She's an actor, producer, writer, storyteller, transformational coach, yoga teacher. Oh, my goodness. And also an Emmy Award winner. I can't wait to introduce you to Deanna Nicole Baxter. She's on the line. Hey, Deanna, how you doing? Hi, Anne. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be a real treat, getting your, just hearing you talk about not only your career, but your mission and what you are doing and why you were drawn uh, to do some of the things you do, not only the types of uh, films that you create, but also your other missions in life and how this all is tied together. But I just have to start at the beginning, like I like to do with most of my guests, and just say, how did you get started in the entertainment industry, as it were? What's your story? Oh, wow. <laughs> Let's go way back. Oh, no. boy. Rewind. Rewind. <laughs> Rewind. Yeah. So I got involved in entertainment right after college. Mm. I was um, graduating from Duke University in North Carolina. Yeah. I was a major in African-American studies, a double major in African-American studies and literature and a minor in women's studies. Yeah. And I had gotten a full-blown scholarship um, to continue on mm. and eventually get my master's and Ph.D., and I had two years to claim that, right, mm -hmm. after after I graduated. And I had made a deal with myself because I had applied for a Fulbright scholarship right before uh, I was leaving Duke. Mm -hmm. And I said, all right, Spirit, if I don't get this Fulbright scholarship, I'm going to take that as the sign that I am supposed to go do what I really, what my heart really wants mm -hmm. to do, which is acting. And if I get it, then I'll know that's the path I'm supposed to take. Right. Well, here we are in this call, oh. so I obviously didn't get the Fulbright scholarship. No, but that's good. And then I moved. Yeah, right. And then <laughs> I moved up to uh, New York City. After that, I mm. was so green. I remember being out at some club, and some guy was like, "Hey, I'm in a movie. You should be in my movie." And I was oh. like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Are you SAG?" And I was like, "I don't know what that is." Oh no. And he's like, "Well, you got to be SAG." And I remember walking down to the SAG office like that next day because in my mind, somebody asked me to be in their movie. It's oh. going to be a big hit and I'm going to be in a movie. <laughs> and I walk in the SAG office and I'm, you know, I was like, yeah, I need to be SAG. This man, I'm going to be in this movie. It's going to be a big hit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they explained to me that you can't just yeah, walk in not how it and works. be SAG. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's how green I was oh, at the boy. time. And, and then just started my training at... Um, uh, the Actors Conservatory with Lily Lodge, mm -hmm. who, God rest her soul, she's no longer with us. And that's where it all started was New York City, Black How Box did, Theater. And okay. And, and so you and did theater, a lot of theater in New York, I A lot I of theater. Mm -hmm. yeah. My, my, my heart is theater. Oh, that mine is too. that is where I caught the bug, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. uh, in high school, really. Yeah. Um, but I think as a child, I was always 
performing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was obsessed a, a lot with Janet Jackson and I <laughs> recreate all of her stuff. And wow. Make up stories and perform them. That's so great. it's always been in me. But and that was the beginning. How did you get your, uh, how did you find your way to LA? Okay. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I uh, I forget the name of it. It was like an actor's access where you could submit yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And I came across this production, and it was called Pieces yeah. of Ass in parentheses. Oh, <laughs> and when I <laughs> and when oh. I see this, I'm like, what asshole is? But I read it, and it was like, you know, uh-huh. uh, are you a woman? And do you believe that you get? You know, yeah. I, I forget what it said, but basically. What caught me and the reason why I even went into audition yeah. was that it was like, will you write your own piece about oh. being treated like a piece of it? And I, I like, love oh, it. I love absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. You, right? you have a lot of maybe a lot of stories you've been dying to get out. Right. Huh? I mean, which woman does it? Yeah. Right? So I, I, I booked that and wrote this piece. And that's how it ended up being a, a big hit with all the women. It was think vagina monologues, but yes. modernized and every woman wrote her own piece. Wow. And uh, so that was a big hit. We opened up at the Pearl Theater and then mm. uh, it was like a number one off Broadway hit and they brought it to LA and they built a soundstage wow. in Raleigh Studios. Wow. So that's where it all started. Well, mm-hmm. and so uh, now when you came to L.A. with pieces mm-hmm. of ass, did you <laughs> – this sounds funny me asking that. I know, but so crazy. Uh, it's great, though, because it gets the attention of people. When they see it and hear it, it gets their attention, and then you have to explain it, and then we get serious, right? Uh, you, right. you came out to L.A., though. Did, did you come out here and go, wow, I just want to stay here? Is that how that – Absolutely yeah. not. Oh, um, <laughs> You're so funny. Well, I'll be I'll be honest without going into detail, but you know that production, I was the only black woman. There was another um, woman of color Mm -hmm. that was in it, but the producer uh, was a misogynist. You know, he had a lot of money, obviously, Mm -hmm. to back this production, but it was not a healthy work environment. Wow. And um, you know. It got kind of ugly. And once we came to L.A., he brought half of the cast from New York, and then he hired new women in L.A., and he wrote their pieces. Uh, uh, from his he, perspective? From or? his perspective. Uh, yeah. As, yeah. Yes. So the show, once it came to L.A., in my opinion, turned into literally pieces of ass. Ooh, now, there's my a, piece mm-hmm. was very confronting. Mm-hmm. My piece was really looking at how um, white men would say, mm-hmm. oh, you're pretty for a black girl. Oh, okay. And I, you know, so I kind of mm-hmm. hit him over the head with my piece. Mm-hmm. But the show itself had turned into something I really wasn't a huge fan of right. eventually. So um, did you, did that uh, sour you on L.A.? And I don't blame you if it did, because that is right. Hollywood, by the way. Uh, exactly. Every, your whole experience with Pieces of Ass is Hollywood. Uh, and it's changing now, thank God. Thank but, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know that mm-hmm. you're here in Hollywood now, or in L.A. Mm-hmm. now, but mm-hmm. did you go back to New York and then find your way back to L.A.? I did. Okay. So I had sublet my place mm-hmm. and the show was in LA and then they took the show to Vegas and then they took the show back to New York oh. okay. to Dodger stages. It was a new off Broadway, huge complex. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time the show was equity. Oh. And, uh, you know, they had a lot more money behind it, right. but I walked after yeah. a few weeks cause I, I was done with the treatment okay. from the producer. Yeah. And, 
I was like, I, you know, I was thinking of staying in New York, but everybody was saying that works in LA. So I ended up coming back to LA, <laughs> still having my place in New York, saying I was bi-coastal, <laughs> but I was a starving artist. I couldn't afford to be bi-coastal. No, no. And, uh, but it took me a while to adjust to LA <laughs> because it's so different culturally than New York City. Yeah. And it's a car culture, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, this is a long time ago, you know, LA, it, it, I just, it was culture shock. Yeah. It was definitely a culture shock. And it took me a few years to stop comparing it to New York <laughs> yeah. and to start welcoming it. Sure. And now I can say I love the nature, you know, mm-hmm. I built my own community. Um, but LA, you know, I say New York mm-hmm. will eat you alive, but mm-hmm. it feeds you just as much creatively. Mm. LA, you got to fight to be fed creatively. You got to <laughs> dig a little bit, right? Yeah, but it yeah. will chew you up and spit you out as well. Yeah. So it's just a different it different is. beast. It is. <laughs> well, <laughs> it is a beast, that's for sure. Uh so and I love it though. I have to say I grew up there. So, you know, uh I live in Las uh, I live in Las Vegas now though. And I was born in Las Vegas. You were. Oh my goodness, yes. we've got to talk after. Uh Definitely. you know, and I always tell people, you know, when we're in inter- when I'm interviewing them, I say when you're in Vegas, you got to look me up. But I I've, this is a culture shock for me, though. Uh, I had the yes. same experience as you did going from New York to L.A. I had it coming to Vegas. Uh, but as far as L.A. goes, I know that you, you've you done a lot of, of television and, and film. Uh, yes. We're going to talk about one of the films, that uh, a web series, actually, <laughs> that did very well. But let me ask you, because you, are, uh, uh, you work with one of my best friends, Terry Dexter, who mm. I had on the show. And yeah, yeah she's awesome. And I'm going to make sure she lives listens to this uh, episode yeah. so that she hears us going on about her. But uh, <laughs> but you're on A House Divided. Uh, you play the role of Sparks, I think. Uh, w- tell us how you got that role and what it's like being on the show with Terry and everybody else. Oh, yes. A House Divided, Sparks. Sparks, she was fun to play. So the way that I, I actually know um, Peter Wise, mm-hmm. who is a casting director, and he actually called me. And was like, you know, there's a role that I know you would have fun with. Mm-hmm. Um, here, you know, are you open to it? Mm-hmm. So it really was. This was a, uh, you know, relationship based role. He knows my work, right? And um, as a friend of mine, was like, hey, here's a role. So awesome, right? And I was <laughs> right. a fan of the show. It's so oh, dramatic good. and well yeah. shot, and you know, obviously Terry's been on there for seasons. Yes. And, um, so I wasn't, we didn't work the same days, mm-hmm. so I wasn't able to see her on set, but I had a blast playing Sparks. I had a blast, yeah. um, and they did leave it open for her to come back, so let's see. Oh, I <laughs> hope you do, and I love mm-hmm. the name Sparks, because how it's got, it's multi-definitional. I, I, I think, yeah. I'm sure that that's why he probably thought of you, mm, you probably uh, brought a, a, <laughs> a lot of energy and electricity to that that uh, role, uh, but we have to talk about, and, I, and I'm and i not even sure if I'm pronouncing it cre- correctly, but is it Satocracy 88? Yes, yes. Oh, uh, that's what, where you want your Emmy I've got to I've got to hear you tell me about it about the the web series I want to under I want you to explain the name as well uh so yes. w- what is uh what is the de- um the etymology Cytocracy. yes <laughs> but what is the etymology behind the Cytocracy name and uh, what was the web series about we're gonna have to check that out oh thank you thank you so Cytocracy 88 was created by me and a man named Brad Winderbaum mm-hmm. Brad comes from comic book background and had already kind of had this whole world he created in his head. And we 
we were actually, we were together at the time. We were dating at the time. And both of us, this was, gosh, was, oh, whatever. I'm not even going to date myself. <laughs> I was going to say, way, be careful. like for you too, yeah, yeah. But um, both of us, you know, he had just graduated from USC grad film school and spent all his money on a short and realized, oh, that's not going to necessarily... I'm not Steven Spielberg yet, right? <laughs> the calls aren't coming. Mm -hmm. And I had just finished pieces and had met with some agents and was really devastated by even what they had to say to me. Mm -hmm. You know, um, one agent specifically was like, you know, you come off a little too, a little too strong. You need to, you know, tone it down a little bit. <laughs> Every man in this industry should mm -hmm. think they can mm -hmm. sleep with you. Oh, I'm not God. saying you have to sleep with them, but they should think that they can. And they shouldn't be afraid of you. And right, they shouldn't be afraid of you. You know, you just come off a little too strong. Okay. And I would really think about getting a boob job, right? Oh, so, dear God. Yes. So I was, again, this is pre Me Too movement, right? Mm -hmm. People weren't holding their tongue. No. Mm. <laughs> so I, already, I was pretty devastated because I thought, you know, pieces got a, a CAA agents came, like it was a big hit here. Mm -hmm. So both of us were kind of just, what do we do next? And we were just really hungry to create. And mm -hmm. so Again, he comes from a comic book background. I very much a dramatic actress mm -hmm. at the time. And so we started writing this. Photocracy comes from his world. Mm -hmm. But I helped create the character itself as this woman who, um, again, it's sci-fi. So this young girl who, you know, is from this West African um, village and the, and the colonizer comes in and slaughters the village and takes her. Mm -hmm. And basically she has Stockholm Syndrome. And oh. she's trained in this army who's ran by this being, photocracy, mm -hmm. and his whole whole goal is to save the planet by killing off the humans who are killing the planet. Mm. Now, it starts off, but I'm in normal world, right? Mm -hmm. But everybody's taking this. I'm, in a, I, I, I'm a corporate person. I go to work every day. Everybody takes this pill to make them smarter and stronger. Mm. And if you don't take the pill, you're going to die or get sick. And the first episode... It's an interactive series. So at the end of it, you decide whether or not she takes the pill oh, wow. or not. Oh, wow. So we really were looking at, you know, this is when it was dial up. You were watching things so yeah. small. There was YouTube um, just started. It was and American videos. Idol was out too. Weren't, weren't people calling in votes for that or no? Yes. Exactly, oh, they were? Because okay. there was no, there was no, I don't even know if. American Idol was out at that point, but there okay. was no Facebook. There was no way to vote. Online. Oh, then it was pre-American. Okay, this oh, is pre-American. Wow. So this is we were like, how can we use this new space of wow. the internet to tell a story in a different way? We're like, yeah, we can do like choose your own adventure. That's amazing. So, That's uh, yeah. you know what that uh, people were. You were probably one of the the first uh, producers to 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 do something like this, right? Yeah, we were we were really ahead of our time. You were, we were yes. You know, it's not. We were pioneers in the space because there was no, there wasn't even a thing called web series yet. I think wow. they were calling it, I don't even know what they were calling it at this point. Um, and so MySpace was around at the time. That was the one platform okay. that was big. So early 2000s, and is that when this was? The early This was early 2000s. Yes. Okay. Yes. I see. Yep. Mm -hmm. And my, this is around 2006, I'll say. Yeah. Okay. So, so my, American Idol was mm -hmm. out, but this, this okay. still was a very, man, th that, what a, what a brilliant idea. Yeah. Thank you. Thank wow, you. Oh, I love it. And yeah. you, now let, because we don't have a lot of time, I oh, just sorry. have to, no, no, that's okay. Cause this is, this has been intriguing, but I do want to know, you guys obviously submitted it to the Emmys and they, they gave you the award. Is that? We, we won. 
we did not think is... we'd win. Oh and my we won. goodness! Well, you. First of all, congratulations before I move Thank on. You. I've got to tell you, you that what a huge thing. And I, I, I didn't mean to ask you this question, but I have to. From mm-hmm. that uh, project, and mm-hmm. especially having won an Emmy, uh, mm-hmm. did that launch other things for you? No. Okay, honest. That's and great. that okay. was um, – well, you got to remember, this was, we we won, the next year we were nominated, and Brad and I ended up getting signed by ICM New Media Department, mm-hmm. and then the writer's strike happened, 2008. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. The I same mean, year that we got nominated. Yeah. So, everything shut down, Yeah. and they weren't taking the web seriously at that point. Okay. You know, they're like this whole web thing. It's for cats. They're, you know, network mm-hmm. television is the thing, which mm. now we see, right? Everything's <laughs> I know, digital. Right? Everything's a web series. Now, you really right? were pioneers <laughs> that you just didn't know it and they didn't know it, you know? Exactly. Oh, so, wow. but it's, it was such a lesson in the accolade, yes, right? Like yes. you get the accolade, your career supposed, mm-hmm. supposed to open all the doors. No, <laughs> no, no. In fact, I was talking with Christy Ferris, a, a dear friend of mine uh, the other day who, who, uh, you you know, she was on Passions and Scrubs and all this, and and she's done so much in her career. But she was talking about how oh, the ebbs and and the flows and the ups and the downs, and uh, how one minute you're on top, you got to be prepared for when you're not going to be on top. Yeah, and uh, you win an Emmy, and then the next thing you know, you're 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 starting fresh. Um, speaking of which, I want you mm-hmm. to talk about other major things that came after that. Even let's talk yeah. about epigenetics or epigenetics yeah. rather. Uh, I yes. I mean. I mean, that that is a huge thing. And I want you to talk about the Billie Holiday uh, film, Finding Lady. So yes. uh, you produced these. Did you also direct and write? What what uh, What is your role there? Okay. So um, for epigenetics, I directed and wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a short film that really revolves around um, a black woman who who basically gets some news about a family secret. Okay. And it triggers her to the point where it takes her into her depression mm, okay. and you see her kind of doing her tools you know her breathing just trying to mm. get out of this and the whole mantra is like she's back again that bitch that wants right. to kill me right so we're really looking at and and she talks about you know how this secret and this behavior mm-hmm. um has been passed down through generations and she goes to her mother for consolation and her mother agrees with the predator mm. so I really wanted to look at how, especially in black communities, we don't talk about mental illness in our families. We don't talk about sexual abuse. We don't talk about these things. We sweeping under the rug and then it continues on in the next generation. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was epigenetics. And uh, Finding Lady was actually something that I wrote and shot as a teaser to get funding from a film that I wrote about Billie Holiday that obviously never got produced Not yet. because I didn't get access to the rights. Oh. And um okay. But I'm grateful Lee Daniels did do it because yeah. a lot of the story was the story that I wanted to tell around okay. her being hunted because of right. strange food. A lot of people didn't know that. And then there is one other film I did called Cowboys Girl. Cowboys um, Girl. And, okay. And that did really well. It was at Palm Spring Palm Springs. It did really well in the festival circuit. And that oh. was a story again, black family. Bio- it was definitely an autobiographical piece about mm-hmm. um, my estranged father and going to him to ask him for mm-hmm. a DNA test 
because I don't believe he's really my wow, father. Wow, that's autobiographical? Wow. Yes. And to Is- an update on that, I just found my real biological father you did. in December of this past year oh. and just met him three weeks ago. Well, my goodness, I remember when we were emailing, you said you were going to be doing that. I didn't want to pry, but that is, that is, well, tell me, you tell me what that was. How how was that experience meeting your medium? Mm -hmm. I'm still processing it. Yes, I'm sure you are. (laughs) But I'm grateful to know the truth. We'll we'll leave it at that. Okay. No, and and you know, you'll you'll be able to process this for a long time. And then one day, I guarantee we're going to see something on the screen about it. You will. You know, because here's one thing, and I'm going to tie these two things together. Uh, First Mm -hmm. of all, I think it's amazing because, uh, you know, a lot of what you do is, is autobiographical at least to some nature, where whether it's just pulling from, uh, you, uh, you know, your ethnicity or from being mm-hmm. a woman in, in, mm-hmm. in, you know, in the arts or from, mm-hmm. from whatever experiences you, you've had, which I know personally, which I did as well through my movie mm-hmm. Lyman, uh, is a catharsis. It is, it is yes. a way, and, and of course, you've, you have more than just your filmmaking as a catharsis. You have your yoga that you, the uh, Kundalini, is, the, is it the yes. Kundalini yoga? You do yes. that and teach it as well. You call yourself a ruthless storyteller. <laughs> and God, I loved that. When I read that, uh, that, y- you know, you, that's, you refer to yourself. I'm sure others refer to you as that as well. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to, an- I've already answered my own question in what we're talking about. But, but is there, is there uh, another uh, reason that, that you would like to say is, is for that title? Uh, what, what, um, how do you explain why ruthless? it? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I like to go deep. Yeah. And I want to go to the places that we don't necessarily like to talk about. Mm-hmm. Sensitive. Um, and not yeah. for shock value. I know. But yeah. for to really, you know, mm-hmm. come into the shadows so we can really start to look at these things we don't want to look at. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's where I speak of Ruthless. And one of my acting mentors kind of tag me that okay way. i diana, was gonna diana ask castle you. was like you are ruthless you know i love so, it and you know by the yeah. way speaking of what you just said about the the shock mm-hmm. value stuff i think a lot of times people when they do that shock value thing they're actually distracting from the message uh you Absolutely. know and, and distracting mm-hmm. and it, it taints the message it does because it, you know and you say using the word ruthless it it is exactly how you described it is saying i'm going to discuss this so that it can be the the ugliness can be exposed and we mm-hmm. can address it and that's and right. and that's not shocking that's just truth and yeah okay exactly. the truth can be shocking but that's not the reason for exposing this ugliness of of life uh exactly. i love it and so when you are having to i i mean let's face it when you're exposing these types of things talking about these things then you have to bring yourself back to to mm. to that space that i know that is is healing and and mm-hmm. and this is the kundalini uh uh, uh, yoga, yoga for you. Mm-hmm. Tell tell us mm-hmm. about that and how you got into this. Mm-hmm. So Kundalini yoga, I got into uh, around twenty fifteen, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I had a boyfriend at the time. The relationship was done, and this little studio opened up literally right across the street from where we were living. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people didn't know about it, so I was getting privates, and I just loved 
how quickly I was uh, finding mm -hmm. um, peace within myself oh, wow. and able to use this, this yoga technology to go into deeper relationship to my body. We walk around living in our heads so much. Mm -hmm. And kundalini yoga is practiced, 90% of the practice, your eyes are closed, mm. focused on the third eye. So it really is an intimate inward mm -hmm. experience. Yeah. Um, so that's where kundalini yoga came to my life. And, and I, when I did my teacher's training, I had no intention of teaching. I just wanted to know the yoga on a deeper level oh, for my own practice. Okay. But by the time I got done with the training, I was like, I have to share this. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. And is that mm -hmm. part of your transformational coaching or is the, are these two? Cause I know that you're a transformational <clears throat> coach just to yes. let people know. Uh, in fact, uh, we are going to be, I am linking everything that we're talking about. I always say this to, to my guests, I'm linking everything to this podcast. Wonderful. And I'm hoping that people are going to not only out of curiosity, go, to these links, but also to help them and, and to maybe mm -hmm. even get your help. So talk yes. to us about your transformational coaching. Mm. So yes, I do infuse some of the Kundalini into my transformational coaching. Mm -hmm. I, I mainly work with women of color. Mm -hmm. My signature program is Woman is Creator, and that is for women of color only. Mm -hmm. And it's I got involved with transformational coaching because it was a way that I could bring in all of the things that I love into a healing space mm -hmm. and use that as well as my training in transformational coaching to help other women. Wow. And it has been the most rewarding and powerful experience that I've had up to date. Mm. And, you know, the thing with transformational coaching which is different from like personal empowerment. Personal empowerment is part of it. Mm -hmm. the transformational coaching, you got to go to the the shadow too mm -hmm. in order to heal. It's deeply healing. It's deeply um, transformative. And you have to find spirit, the pain. Is that what you're saying? You have to go to no. We don't have to find it because all it's of us there. are walking around in some <laughs> sort, right? Right. I'm not about. I'm not about glorifying the trauma. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, but so many of us, even if we consciously can say, I know why this is this way and why I react this mm -hmm. way, my consciousness is caught up, but my body isn't. I'm mm. still holding the stories, the trauma in my body. Okay. Sure. So there's a, a your nervous system yeah. is dysregulated. Yeah. As women of color, we are literally getting like paper cuts every day of microaggressions mm -hmm. of just living mm -hmm. in a race-based capitalist system. Yeah. So if we're not aware and we don't know, have the tools to transmute mm -hmm. the pain, mm -hmm. to transmute the trauma yeah. in our bodies, in our minds, it's going to keep the same loop, right? You'll get right. to places oh, and yeah. then, same okay. patterns keep coming. Yeah. So for you, me, you exacerbate uh, what was already there, and maybe you had some healing, and then you're, mm -hmm. you, it, it will exacerbate. Mm -hmm. is, is without without continued or without the proper type of of, of healing without mechanisms support support right yeah and, and so uh, is this one on sorry. one that you I'm sorry so I, Deanna, no. I was mm -hmm. uh, is, is it you how do you do because we only have a few more minutes so I'm gonna okay. I want the audience to know how yes. you uh, do the coaching is this one on one is it over mm -hmm. uh, Zoom uh, what is mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. so I do one on one okay. 
And that is that can be over Zoom or in person. Okay. And I also do group programs. Oh. So woman of color, uh, woman is creator is for women of color only. And then we also I have one right now called Sensual as Sacred, mm. embodying the goddess. And this is all about coming back home to your body, to your erotic innocence, wow, and your sensuality and your power. Because as we know, most of us women also are survivors right. of sexual trauma. Yeah. So. I'm really excited about this. We start in a couple of weeks. And but this is for yes. any any woman? All this women? one actually is open to all women. Okay. Yes, okay. this group program. And mm-hmm. where do you, and, and so this, if you say it's a group, it, that would be in person in a in a This in a actually facility? is online. Oh, I, awesome. I, yeah, because I have so many women now internationally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the group right now is online. And one other thing I'll add on, I am doing retreats now. Oh. I have a retreat coming up in um, Sedona in September, and then on the East Coast. So I'll be doing retreats. That's where we get the group in-person love. That is Um, amazing. I mm -hmm. live in Sedona. I have a house in Sedona. I do. We're going to just have to talk, obviously. (laughs) Oh, Deanna, I will be seeing you in Sedona. I can assure you of that. Oh, my goodness. You Well, that was going to be my last question. What are you doing now? What, you know, how can people get involved? But believe me, we're going to be getting involved. I just love what you're doing, Deanna. You are an inspiration. And once again, and I love to say this, uh, I can't say this to all my guests, but you are definitely the epitome of multitasker and (laughs) and multi-achiever. Uh, mm. I love your story. I love what you're doing. And I want want you to know how much I appreciate you coming on to the show. It's Believe it or not, I always say this. I can't believe we're out of time. Uh, so stay on the line for a second. I'm going to close out the show. Guys, don't forget, we are on Apple, Google, Spotify, everything. Make sure that you go on and give us a rating and subscribe. And thanks a lot for tuning in. Thanks a lot to Deanna Nicole Baxter, the beautiful <laughs> actor and everything. All right, guys, we'll catch you next time. This has been the Actor's Guide. Tag, you're it. This has been the Actor's Guide. For more information about Ann Johnston Brown or to join the tag team, please visit our website at ajbprods.com slash podcast.